Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks for joining us today. Today's guest is Camille Theobald, and uh, I'm glad I get to share this one with you. It's a fun one. I'm happy to give you something to get your mind off of the uncertainty we're living in. Uh, I hope you're doing some things to keep you grounded and at peace. I've been in, uh, been putting things in my calendar, uh, some activities to stay positive, and I hope you are. Here are some things I'm doing to stay positive and happy and productive. Uh, I I put like three different times in my day uh, some meditation because I have some meditation plans with the Balance app that I've fallen behind on and wanted to get uh, to wanted to get to. So that's one thing that I'm doing, which is helping in a couple of ways. For one, the benefits of meditation and uh, also uh, feeling productive because <laughs> I got behind on these plans and now I'm like doing three of them a day. So that's good. Um, also, uh, for me, I'm reading my Bible more <laughs> because that's what people do when they get scared. Uh, but I think it's something spiritual for you, whatever that means for you. Uh, uh, might be a good thing to just connect with. That might be the universe. It might be the earth. That might be, uh, how, you know, how you refer to God. Um, however that is for you, take that advice, leave that advice. It's all up to you. But we all need more positivity. Um, also, uh, reading, I'm going to read more. I've done a little bit of reading. And I'm also going to limit social media because so much of it is just doom and gloom twitter and facebook it's just people posting scary things left and right and it's like i've been inside for two days i don't think i need to read any more <laughs> scary things so that's what i'm doing do what you need to do also my theater the magnet is doing live shows on twitch uh, our theater is closed right now uh, so some of the performers have uh, just been meeting virtually and doing shows, and they've been a lot of fun. Uh, so check that out at twitch.tv slash Theater, and you can buy tickets, too, to help support the theater. Uh, we're not currently, um, you know, open, so that means we're not currently making money, and uh, an improv theater is a small business, and so... Think about all your small businesses out there. Um, I'm a small business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a small businessman. No. Um, <laughs> but you can also support me if you or someone you know has some voiceover needs. I can help. Go to jasonfarisawesome.com to contact me for that. Jasonfar.com was taken when I got a website. So, Okay, on with the show. I have a really great chat with today's guest about writing, comedy, and more. It's fun. Here's my chat with Camille Theobald. I've gone for some writing jobs, too, where it was like you have to write so much a day. And I've seen some of those sites where some, you know, whoever's writing stuff has to just be writing a bunch of stuff. And it's a lot of junk that they're churning out. Oh, totally. Yeah. When they're when they want quantity over quality, yeah. it's gonna be shit. You can't write five have... good things a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like two or three paragraphs. If if it's like news for like the radio, like that's very short, right? Um yeah. they don't want you to be that short when it's online articles and blogs. Exactly. But that would be the only way you could write something that is accurate and mm -hmm. good and also write 10 of them you know it, it would have yeah. to be super short yeah i don't know how some it's people do it uh, i guess some i guess there aren't really people doing it 
<laughs> yeah, it's not. It's it's half of it's snark, and then the other half right. is actual information. Right. So you do a ton of stuff. I mean, you're doing stand up. Are you still doing sketch and you're doing improv at the pit? Um, I actually do sketch at the pit, and most the improv is mostly just at auditions nowadays. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really perform with a team anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, I like for a little while I was doing some short form once a month just to like keep the skill there. But then mm-hmm. uh, after a while, I was like, "All right, I think I got enough from improv. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I'm good. <laughs> I can move on now." Um, and would you say the main thing you do skill. is? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's especially here. So many people want you to improvise in auditions. Yeah. So is yeah. the main thing you're focusing on uh, acting and stand up or are the main things yeah. you're focusing on? And Yeah, exactly. Have you been acting your whole life? Is that uh, how you got into that? Is that the first thing that you got into or was comedy the first thing you got into? Um actually singing and dancing. Oh. Um yeah, that was a, the original I wanted to be a pop star. <laughs> I wanted to be the next Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. That was my dream. Mm-hmm. Um but I was always like hyperactive kid uh always like making dumb jokes in class. Um I relentlessly told knock knock jokes to anybody who would listen. Um <laughs> But I had this dream of being like a hot, sexy singer. (laughs) Um, So I'll blame Brittany and Christina Aguilera. Um, So I I realized I am short. So like I had to learn how to act as well just so that I could be a triple threat like J-Lo. Right. And... Uh, moved to New York, went to musical theater school, two-year conservatory, mm-hmm. and um, while training there, one of my teachers was like, hey, so um, you don't really fit this uh, sexy <laughs> demographic. Uh, I think you'd do better with a comedic song. And I was like, oh, okay. Also, what like, song were you, were you my... doing that made someone say this? <laughs> um, all That Jazz. Okay. From, uh, Chicago. I love that song. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I love anything Liza Minnelli has done. So... <laughs> um, I was doing that, and so she's like, you know what, here's this really random song no one's ever heard of from a musical no one's ever heard of. (laughs) Try this. And I had to, like, go to an archive library to even see what this was. (laughs) But I I loved how, like, just gritty and character. It was very physical. Um, The character just... Uh, the comedy was very physical and um, not ladylike at all. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. This is like coming, going back to my childhood when I was like such a tomboy, uh, always did dumb stuff to get a laugh. And um, when I did that song, that was the first time in class people like clapped and hollered for me. Oh, wow. So it was like a match. Yeah, it, would, it was like you found yeah. your niche. Or yeah. Niche. Yeah. Definitely. What, what was your initial reaction when she said, you don't fit this demographic for this song, the, the like sexy approach was not for you? I mean, because I, I haven't heard that because people don't really say that to men. So, I mean, and I didn't train in acting like you did, but I, I mean, yeah. I was a theater minor in school and I, I just can't think of a time when someone said like hmm jason you know you should be uh, playing more to the like what is that experience like how did how did you respond to that it was a little like um a shock to the system in a way or like disheartening it made me right. a little sad you know because like i had this whole idea in my head um I'd been dancing since I was 13. Mm-hmm. 
And even before that, I was always learning every music video routine <laughs> just in my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, you don't want me to be like the cool dancer? Okay. Um, it was a little bit disheartening. But then once I saw how how much easier it came to me, it wasn't – I didn't feel like I was constantly – trying to live up to this specific expectation. Um, It was like a a big weight lifted off my shoulders because I wasn't trying to be something that I wasn't, or that something that didn't come easily, you know? Interesting. I feel like that's something that a lot of people must experience at some point where, where they just have to say like, this may not be in the vein or in the direction that I wanted to go, but this is what's working. Was your initial response or at any other point throughout that period of time, were you a little bitter that that was the direction that seemed to be the best fit for you? It did take me a minute to accept fully and just like totally embrace it and go all in. So like the first like year, two years after graduating, um, I did start taking uh, improv classes mm-hmm. and I started going to open mics. Um, but I was also still auditioning for like the national tour of beauty and the beast and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and I would get callbacks for bell, uh, after the dance call, but then after the singing call, never got a callback. So, <laughs> clearly i do not have the voice so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then i i like i i did some comedic theater like musical theater stuff and it was okay um doing off 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 broadway (laughs) musicals in new york is uh is like the equivalent of doing a bar show, you know, um, except at least in comedy, some bar shows are really amazing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I realized, um, I, I didn't feel good in my body as a dancer. I always felt like I wasn't skinny enough. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then I was like, you know what? I need to focus on one thing because I'm not getting good at anything. I'm just spreading myself thin by trying to do everything. And clearly I'm not going anywhere with this dancing, singing thing. So mm-hmm. um, I just went in all into stand up and a little bit of improv and sketch for a while. Yeah. I'm just thinking because like, I wonder too with that, transition into focusing more on comedy if a lot of it was maybe even just like did you want to do the sexy singer thing because you liked certain people but Mm. uh, or or do you think that you didn't get to go in that direction more because of like sexism or something like that like like what was the (laughs) how did the coin drop with that transition because sometimes it is sort of like oh, yeah, I just realized that wasn't me and that's okay because I, I was really just like, I just like Britney Spears, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's also cool to be Gilda Radner, you know, or, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, uh, what what for you was the sort of change? I I was told I would book more if I pigeonholed myself and learned how to market myself as the comedic relief in anything in like a TV show, a movie. Um, there's not a lot of comedic uh, female roles in musical theater. So I kind of just, mm. um, gave up on that <laughs> I see, now, yeah. like 10 years later, there's so many more. See, um, yeah. so I feel like I would have more options now, but at this point I've, um, I really want to do TV and film. So um, that's kind of become my favorite form. I'll like, because performing live stand up is the best drug in the world, the best 
uh, I think live performance that I've ever done. Oh, wow. And, um, so if I'm going to perform live, I would prefer it to be stand up. I think, oh, that's really I think cool. when I'm older, I'll definitely want to go back to, and like Roseanne, who, wait, who was it? Uh, there's an actress who like disappeared and then she played the maid on Broadway in this uh. movie or in this uh, musical. Ah, I can't forget. But she was amazing. And I was like, what? I didn't even know you could sing and dance. This is crazy. And she was hilarious. And I'm like, I feel like when I get older, I'm going to want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you make a good point about how many more opportunities there are uh, for a comedic role for women in in theater. I mean, we saw Come From Away and there, there are a couple of women in that who have really funny parts and they nail it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like surprising that that play is as funny as it is because I just went into it knowing it had to do with 9-11. <laughs> and then there's, like, there's a lot of like humor in that play. Uh, and that's a, it's a great musical. I've heard good things. Yeah. yeah. In regards to comedy and you, you getting into that, I mean, it sounds like it's something that you really latched onto and love. So when did that love come to you for comedy? I mean, I guess you I loved it as a kid when you like telling not not jokes, but yeah. as, as a yeah. professional, was it something that took some time for you to say like, okay, no, I actually do really love this, or was it pretty instant? Um, my first open mic, I went up and told a story about my family, and I don't even know if I got very many laughs at all. Mm-hmm. but I at the end I was like hey this is my first time thank you guys so much this was awesome and they clapped so loud and I was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. people are nice oh yeah you know um because as a dancer and in auditioning for and cat calls or cattle calls, not cat calls, cattle calls of musical theater. Like it's so negative. Everyone's looking at you uh, like you're the competition and it just, there's not a lot of encouragement. Uh, So for me to go somewhere for the very first time and everyone there be super supportive and like, I think three different comedians came up to me afterwards and was like, wow, I can't believe that was your first time. You were like so comfortable on stage and blah, blah, blah. Um, It felt so good that I was like, I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. I want to learn how to uh, hone this. And I think when I realized I needed to, I wanted to take it seriously as like, this is the thing I'm going to do. Because, you know, I did it for a while just because. I needed, I wanted to learn how to write a joke and I wanted to learn what my form of funny was, but I think I didn't take stand up seriously. Like this is the thing I want to do and make money at mm-hmm. <laughs> until like two or three years in. So <laughs> I was really dabbling for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. cause I was also doing improv and sketch. And so I was like doing everything to just see what stuck. Mm-hmm. I was really, a. I don't know, like when I was younger, I wanted to do everything. And I was just like, I can't have a relationship. I have to be doing something every single day at all minutes of the day. And I think I definitely screwed myself over because <laughs> then I never like, I wasn't focused, you know, I was, um, I was doing too many things. Cause now I'm like, what? I'm like nine years into comedy and, um, I feel like if I had really taken it seriously from the second I started, I would have been where I am now, like four years ago. You know what I'm saying? I get in that same headspace sometimes because, you know, you can't say like, oh, if I had only moved to New York sooner, if only I had done this sooner. But if it's Mm -hmm. not a good learning experience and if you specifically don't learn anything and it doesn't uh, remotely connect you or get you ahead, then certainly that's some lost time. But mm-hmm. I think it, there can be a good thing in trying all the different things that you tried because maybe you, if you hadn't done that, it, it could have gone the other way, you know, like it could have taken even mm-hmm. longer yeah. <laughs> unless it's just yeah. like, you know, uh, there are a lot of nights where 
you weren't doing stand up and now that you could focus on it more uh, more nights of the week it it did advance you like i could see that happening too yeah i noticed once i started doing stand up um every night or at least being at a show um or hanging out mm-hmm. things happen way quicker mm. and there are definitely because I, I um I try to see the positive in it and that there are definitely skills I learned um from doing a million different things. Um like I I, I now know how to edit my own videos. Um I know how to film I know like shots, I know like how to lay out a shot list and you know because i was in like three different sketch groups mm-hmm. that were all film based and now i know like how to film something quickly and not take all freaking day for one tiny sketch um yeah I, there are definitely skills i learned because of it that mm-hmm. are now helping me a lot um but, you know, we always have those those regrets of like, oh, if I had only done this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that um, that certainly gets it, it, it makes me get in my head. So. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, and that doesn't help getting in your head. You have uh, come a long way in your stand up because, I mean, you've played at Caroline's on Broadway and a bunch of other comedy clubs around town. And it seems like you're doing that regularly. Uh, for you, once yeah. that started really picking up, what, what, um, you know, how did that come about? Um, I would say, so it started with me just, um, really finding a group of comedian friends that I could sit and write with and, and throw ideas at, because doing mics is good, but to for me, it did not help me hone any jokes mm. that well. Mm-hmm. The best the best joke writing I I do is when I like call up a comedian. What do you think about this? And then they can tell me. Well, it was kind of long. You didn't get to the punchline. Or when you said this thing, it remind it made me think this. So maybe you should address that. And mm-hmm. like I like specific detailed like this is what was funny and this is what was not funny and that's so much more efficient to me than open mics Um, yeah i agree i i mean it's tough to yeah you go to an open mic and no one's paying attention so you can't really get an idea if it's landing or not and you're just not getting sharper exactly um so that's when I started to really, I think, get better. But I, I did a lot of like audition stuff. So auditioning for New York Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and then getting—that's where I built my community of people, and then knowing people and running into people throughout shows. That's where recommendations come in, and then that's what led to me being able to do my breakout at Caroline's or headline in Utah and Colorado is just having people backing me up being like, yeah, I saw her. She's funny, you know, um, and referrals. Like that's the biggest thing. Other comics are always going to be the way comedians book stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we give bookers and all these people so much clout or like we like put them on this pedestal, but even they get their information from other comics, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all uh, a, a referral basically. It's like, oh, is this, is this comic any good? He's <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, I could vouch for him. I mean, yeah. that's, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And you've been acting a lot as well. Uh, a lot of short films and, and TV series. Uh, 
you know, anyone looking at IMDb can find out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've done a lot of little films. Yeah. I was like just trying to build up my reel. I was like, I need to prove to people that I can be funny on camera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of, um, dumb sketches or like silly little, uh, student films, Mm -hmm. uh, random, short films that were listed on backstage (laughs) and um i met like some of the people that i work with the most or just have been the most consistent in my career um life uh by just auditioning for their short film from backstage and then you know they're the ones who like come and support me at stand-up shows and um, are like, hey, this there's this really funny role that I want you to be. I want you to come, and it's like I have three lines or something, but it's fun and I enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I can put on my reel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, that's what you got to do. Where all are you able to find that kind of work? Actors Access, casting networks, mm-hmm. backstage. There, there's actually so you can. Sign up to be an actor for student filmmakers. Okay. Um, for FIT, so there's like at FIT, there's a casting director type, like talent coordinator, who will um, assign you to a class, and then like you can go in and act, and then this person gets to practice directing an actor on you. which can be very frustrating sometimes but i got some really amazing footage out of one of the student films i did yeah i mean that that is a good in that i've heard i haven't found the way into it here because i i wasn't i didn't know about that list that you just mentioned that people can sign up for yeah that's helpful i don't know if fit is the only one who does it but i'm sure other places do it yeah, it's yeah. great for, for people to know and, and look at it's something I'm learning. So someone else out there is learning it yeah. as well. One yeah. thing that you were able to do is you were in a promo uh, for uh, Keith Urban, like a guitar promo. <laughs> yeah. What, was, oh, what's the was story so behind random. that? Uh, yeah, how did you get in that? Um, <laughs> so... I've been playing guitar since I was like a kid, like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not very good anymore because I have not practiced in a very long time. But um, <laughs> I, for a while, I, I did comedic songs. When I first started stand-up, I did comedic songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would like do four minutes of material and then a one-minute comedic song. Um, so... I kind of kept it up and then I saw this casting, I think probably on like casting networks Mm -hmm. or actors access. I don't remember. It was one of those like online ones and submitted, um, me singing a song and they're like, Hey, we'd like to have you, um, be part of this, a learning program where you basically do this program that Keith Urban has put together. It's just CDs on how to play certain songs. Mm-hmm. So you're basically learning how to play guitar and he's teaching you. And uh, we'd like you to send us, well, you get a guitar for free, a case for free, wow. all the CDs for free. And then at the end, we'll give you like a gift card to come in and give a testimony. And I was like, sounds good. (laughs) I want a free guitar. Hell yeah. And um, so I learned all the songs. We have to send in videos of us um, playing the song in our review and just like what we thought of the last CD. And so I always made mine kind of funny and (laughs) silly and the lady was like, I love your videos. They're so cute. You're just adorable. And I was like, okay. Then I go in and we're doing these testimonials and it's like several people. And then I play the song in one room and they filmed it. And then they're like, we want you to play 
that another song in this other room upstairs. And I was like, okay, I go up there, I start playing. And I noticed from the corner of my eye, someone walking into the frame. And I'm like, who the fuck Who's walking is in? in my frame right now? You know? so yeah, like, for an actor, who? any actor listening is like, what is this? What wrong thing is happening right now? Yeah. That's uh, like an alarm that was my moment. <laughs> it's like you're screwing up I my look shot. over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look over and it's Keith Urban. Right. <laughs> Surprising you. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit <laughs> and he starts laughing everyone's laughing because i just yelled holy shit and um it was fun and he was like that you're that was great can i play with you and i was like yeah <laughs> um and yeah i think he hugged me and he's so much cologne oh my gosh uh, uh and <laughs> He wears like the lowest cut, lowest shirt ever. Uh-huh. But it was fun. We played a song together and um, it was awesome. But then none of that was even in the infomercial. I was like, uh. where is this footage? What the hell? Whatever. I still got paid. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got some pics out of it, at least. I got I a picture. <laughs> yeah. And I got to meet, I got to sing with a famous, I sang and played guitar with a famous country singer it's crazy. yeah and they so you didn't get the footage but did you get to keep the guitar yeah mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome what kind of guitar was it uh acoustic acoustic well nice, i mean you know shiny. what's the brand oh keith urban he, he has, has his own guitars now oh yep. i did not yeah. know that yep so that's the whole i think deal is they want you to like buy the cd and buy the guitar and buy all their picks and you know i I thought it was gonna be like a deal with gibson or somebody no he made his own guitars yeah they're pretty cool looking too he's a great guitarist yeah Yeah, i was not i was surprised i did not think i don't know i just i think country (laughs) singer from australia and i'm like whatever you got this because you got great hair you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) and then mm -hmm. I'm like, holy crap, his fingers are moving so fast. How does he do this? this is no, crazy. no, he's, he's a solid guitar player. <laughs> yeah, he is like so shockingly yeah. good. Um, yeah. Because at yeah. first you see like, oh, pretty boy, you know, like when you're not thinking about talent coming from <laughs> But he's super good. Yeah. Isn't that horrible that we see a, an attractive person and we think the worst of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's wrong with us? But we all want to be that attractive person. Oh, I mean, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, I certainly want to be attractive uh, and talented and successful and assumed not yeah. that great. Um, <laughs> what's it like getting to play <laughs> Caroline's? Oh, my gosh. That room when it's full of people is like magnet. I don't know. It's just amazing. I loved it. Um, it's such a big room and it just feels completely different when you're performing there and for like my breakout you know everyone was there not everyone most people there knew me in Mm -hmm. some form or way like even if it was just through their friend (laughs) their friend like talked them into going or there were some people just off the street you know it, it was very positive a lot of positive feedback everyone was like excited and and ready to laugh so good positive energy and it was like i wish i could do this every night you know yeah so where do you regularly play now i guess the places i get up the most are grizzly pear the lantern um bar shows mm-hmm. old man hustle mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh i'm like trying to think who books oh stand up new york mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll get guest spots here and there at caroline's guest spots here and there at broadway um awesome, awesome. i'm gonna be doing danger fields for the first time next week that would be interesting oh awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah legendary places that you're getting to play yeah and new york comedy club here and there too so yeah. i'm around i'm around mm. at the clubs what is your approach? Like, what is your voice as a comedian? Like, obviously, it's evolved 
from uh, doing a little bit of musical mm-hmm. material, but what has it evo- evolved into now? Ooh, I guess um, it's dark <laughs> here and there. Not too dark, but like I definitely have my moments when it's. Uh, I like I. I just want to tell my life story. So I describe my comedy as like bubbly but dark. <laughs> Or dark yet bubbly. That's um, good. My my delivery is very upbeat and yeah. I mean, positive. I mean, you're very giggly and and sound very sweet here. So so if you're you're (laughs) doing material that's a bit darker than it is, it's dark material coming through this like uh, uh, you know bubbly personality. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, to word it that way, it's sort of yeah. like um, some of those old songs that had like a really boppy tune, but it was really like something kind of sad sounding, you know, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah, um, what's exactly. that song by the police? Um, uh, uh, it, what is it? There's a little dark spot on the sun today. That's my soul up there. Like that's a, that's the main oh, lyric yeah. in the song, but it's just like head boppy sort of tune. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what you are. You're like uh that song, you know, or, or songs like that. It's bubbly yet dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about growing up white trash like <laughs> but um or like having mental illness in my family and like mm-hmm. dealing with depression and all uh you know, with giggles. <laughs> So, why that, not? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's who I am. So, that's yeah, I mean, like, it's all about being natural and who you are. I mean, that's uh, the most, that's yeah, the, the most important thing to do when uh, uh, performing and uh, coming up with stuff. You mentioned that when you are trying to hone material, you get a lot out of just calling a friend and bouncing the idea off of them. But when yeah. you come up with that material before you get to that bounce off stage, how do mm. you develop? Are you uh, do you try to devote some time each day to writing material? Or are you more spontaneous with it? How do you approach that? I try to write things down um, throughout the day whenever I think of them because mm-hmm. I will forget. I'm not very good at just sitting and thinking of ideas. Like it needs mm-hmm. to be an inspired moment. Mm-hmm. And then and then I can sit down and write about that particular moment mm-hmm. and all my thoughts about it, like kind of do a web where it's like, okay, this is the center thought. Um, where did that thought come from? And then what uh, leads to that and like where can it go can it compare to something i'll do a, a one of those like a web and have you done, done a writing web before i um, have not i know of it but i haven't done yeah. it. yeah like kind of like that um i don't actually draw out the web <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like that but in a paragraph <laughs> uh and then try to see what's like relatable in that and um expand on that yeah so it's like i will sit down and write but only after i've had like several inspirations of ideas okay that i can like write about okay and when you hone the material when you get to um trying to sharpen it like what sort of approach Mm -hmm. do you generally try to take you know is there is there a certain sort of process you go about or is there a certain move that you like to do where you say like oh i like to bring in pop culture or something what are some of the things you do when you try to sharpen those jokes cut out the fat like Mm -hmm. get to the joke faster Mm -hmm. that's a big thing um trying to find i guess yeah like what is when i'm talking it out with someone after i have an idea I'm trying to figure out how it sounds in a conversation because I want when I perform, I want it to feel like we're just having a conversation, you know, Uh and I'm very animated still. I'm not just standing there talking, but I want it to feel flowy and not I don't want you to feel like I'm 
doing a setup punchline. Okay. You know? But so you've won a one-liner I've, competition before. I have, <laughs> which is crazy because, like, before doing that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this one-liner competition. I don't have any one-liners. And then I <laughs> went through my set, and I was like, oh, I do. I just don't think of them as one-liners. I see. You know? I think of them as uh, a a sentence in a story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but on its own, it works at a setup as a setup punchline. As long as I establish the first thing. That's cool. So yeah, it's all based off a story. And then I try to do like, this is my story. I have a story. And then where can I put punchlines in throughout that story? Right. Yeah. Where can you tag it? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, my process i guess that's nice just and then pointing out oh there's no joke here <laughs> this is just information so i need to figure out a punchline here you know? yeah sometimes i've i've had some moments uh in the past where i would like go on stage with something and it wasn't until i got up there that i was like oh this isn't really a finished joke and so like on the spot i had to find <laughs> find something funny to say uh those yeah were, those were exhilarating moments <laughs> yeah well actually that's happened to me a couple of times and then i ended up finding something funnier than my original idea and i was yeah. like oh yeah when i just like when i was panicking and just trying to find a joke last minute i actually came up with something <laughs> good <laughs> yeah that's those are that's not uh, an ideal way for me to come up with ideas or, or come up with jokes, <laughs> yeah. but when it happens, it is sort of like, ooh, ooh, I got, I got it. You feel like you've really um, hit some sort of benchmark or something, <laughs> broken a new record. Yeah, yeah. You had a podcast. Uh, you're not s- still doing it, are you? Uh, it's called the the Healthy AF podcast. Healthy AF. Um, no longer doing it. Mm-hmm. I. It was fun uh, for a little bit, and then I realized I wanted something more comedy-based. Because <laughs> um, I've, I've always been healthy-ish. You know, I've always strived <laughs> yeah. to be healthy. Um, I'm still, like, I'm still human. I still eat sugar or, you know, have my days, my moments of, like, eating a pound of barbecue. Uh-huh. Uh, I love barbecue so much and beef. Oh, so good. So, um, <laughs> I do have those moments, but I've always like worked out. I was a dancer. So that was always like a big thing for me is like uh, making sure my body was up to par, you know, just like not floppy. And, um, now I'm kind of more comfortable in myself um <laughs> although i do need to start working out again because i'm feeling the effects uh yeah 30 is not good it is not fun and you know in my 20s i was like carrying heavy bags all the time i was like i'm a dancer i am i am so fit like i'm great whatever you know and then i get older i don't work out as much carrying heavy bags and now i got so scoliosis so Mm. uh (laughs) i should have kept up with it but uh well no yeah yeah, there's that time like and 30 isn't old but you know late 20s early 30s that's when you hit a a a period where if you eat like crap a bunch like for a couple few days in a row or yeah, you, you know, definitely you, feel it. Yeah, or if, like, you know, you skip lunch, and then you're like, God, why do I feel like crap? And then you eat dinner, and you're like, oh, I feel better. Uh-oh, I can't skip lunch anymore. You know, like, you just you have yeah, to be, like, yeah. really mindful of what you're putting yeah. into your body and how often you're doing it. And, uh, yeah. and it, that makes you feel old sometimes, but, you know, it's just like that lack of resilience that you have as a teenager. Yeah. Luckily, I was always obsessed with my diet, so um, that whole, like, skipping lunch, skipping any meal is not an option, (laughs) and I know that I've always, um, I've always sort of been the type, I plan ahead, I have a meal, like, prepared, ready, Uh, you know, obviously on busy days, I don't, but 
yeah, I've always been kind of obsessed about that that part of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed, yeah, sitting on a sitting at a computer and staring down at my phone for long periods of time hurts my back <laughs> a lot. So now I can't do that. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so all of that said, I no longer have a health podcast. And <laughs> what was I, um... the premise of the podcast, though? <laughs> like, like. Um, you know, it to was talk with okay. no, 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 to uh, like talk to health professionals, and there's a lot of comedians who are personal trainers, so mm-hmm. I brought them in, and then we would like joke back and forth, but also talk about health and why it's important. And then uh, I would bring some like health professionals in and just try to be funny with them. Um, it was basically like basic health information and how regular people who are not athletes who are just um wanting to live longer uh, were able to like lose weight or uh be like make it through cancer treatment or make it through um losing a leg um and like how they did it and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so it's like a little bit of inspirational, a little bit of like how to and a lot of like personal stuff that I would talk about with my health journey. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was good while it, while I was doing it. And then at one point I was a little burnt out and was like, you know what? I want to do, I want to do a podcast, but I want it to be just more silly. Something that like, I don't have to research (laughs) so much, you know, something that's like fun and light and Uh silly. So I do have a podcast coming out soonish. I don't know exactly when, because it's all based off of the real housewives of Salt Lake city. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's I'm from Salt Lake city. So I was very excited when I found out there was going to be a reality TV show based out of Utah that was not about Mormons or polygamy. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, yes, people will finally see that there are normal people in Utah. We exist. <laughs> We're here. Get used to it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I haven't been to Salt Lake City since the 80s, so I don't know what it's been like. <laughs> And yeah, I was a little kid, great. so you know I was there for skiing, but yeah, yeah. a lot of like a lot of regular folk there. Yeah, we they just um, passed, or I guess yeah, they passed a law where they're allowed to like have breweries and because I get there's like that if there was a certain percentage of beer that um, <laughs> you could only get at liquor stores, and mm-hmm. so there, it was like um, I guess you. I didn't quite understand this because you could get beer everywhere, but <laughs> I guess certain restaurants, they were not allowed to serve beer that was above. Oh, a certain um, percentage. 3% of percent or something. Oh, oh, weird. Yeah. So like weird. if you wanted full percentage beer, you had to go to the liquor store and drink it at home. Um, and then the other rules are like, you just can't have two drinks at once. Mm-hmm. And you can only have one drink at a time. And, um, but now they pass a law. So there's breweries all over. They're all popping up. Like it's, it, it seems like to me, it's like, feels like Colorado. Cause I also live in Colorado and they're, they're like everywhere. There is a beer garden somewhere, you know, there's like, <laughs> you know, within 10 miles, you will find a place that brews their own beer and has CBD oil, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> CBD oil is also huge in Salt Lake City. <laughs> this is their thing. So um, <laughs> I'm just excited to talk about this and hopefully uh, let people know how amazing Utah is. Like, obviously, culturally, it is limited because it's like 80% white people. <laughs> but um, there's beautiful mountains. We do have rich people. Okay. And. <laughs> And and women with plastic surgery all over their faces. Uh, I was talking to someone and I was like, 
yeah, I'm doing this podcast. And they're like, wait, there's rich people in Utah? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I With mean... plastic surgery. I was like, do you think it's like you, the second you cross the lines, it's a little house on the prairie? Like, what the? what is your thought? Oh, yeah. You think Utah's like in a different <laughs> decade what's happening yeah i don't that's yeah. interesting i mean it's i it's interesting that they thought that i guess they just didn't know much about salt lake city yeah because that's a very like i mean it's like ski resorts that's why i was there yeah <laughs> it's, yeah that's like, a that's an affluent area <laughs> they get ski oh my resorts. gosh all the, and now all they the have riches. breweries coming so it's about to get lit oh yeah, oh, yeah. there's <laughs> even a tequila or no uh there's a whiskey company they actually have whiskey in all over and i get so excited when i see it at new york bars um it's called high west whiskey oh. it's really good so if you're a whiskey oh, person i've had high west um yeah that's brewed or that's uh, distilled in utah oh wow okay no that's yeah. a great that is a great one a friend uh who's on the podcast brought some as a sort you know just like as a mm-hmm. gift to us um and oh. uh and we had it was it was great so really good I, I didn't realize it was in that area well we'll yeah. we'll be looking out for that podcast um, yay uh, when it comes out well now we've cool. reached the end of the episode time to create something together and Ooh, okay. um one thing I'm interested in is this um web that you were talking about for okay. uh, developing a joke uh shall mm-hmm. we try to demonstrate with that. Sure. Okay. Okay. So how does that normally start for you? Okay. So I have an idea that comes out. So um, most of my ideas come from a situation that happened to me. Okay. (laughs) So um, do you have something you want to write about? Let's see. Um, I'm just thinking of something that happened today. Uh, I feel like I wrote some jokes and I tried them, uh, uh, and I feel like they all bombed. Um, oh, <laughs> no. I'm trying to like write for uh, an event that's coming up, and I, I had, I'm mm-hmm. a little rusty on writing jokes, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I got a few. I feel good about them." And then I tried them, and they just didn't seem to go over well <laughs> with anybody. So I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> um, Dang it. Yeah. And then uh, I was running errands today, and um, it was in the rain. And I was like, uh, one thing that happened was like, I had to walk up and awkwardly ask someone to like get out of the way of a of an ATM because I needed to use it, and they were just like leaning up against it. And I was like, I don't know what is happening <laughs> right now. Like, who just leans on an ATM? Um, a drug and, dealer? No, I, I don't know who. Oh, okay. And I and they I just said like um are you using that and they just like walked away so I was just like all right I don't know what just happened okay and, uh, let's see what's something else that happened That's recently yeah <laughs> must be I don't know um these aren't necessarily funny things um oh I was <laughs> trying to get food at a uh it was just like it wasn't a buffet but it's sort of like a buffet line in like a grocery store and um, yeah. You know, with the coronavirus, I was like, oh, I want to make sure I clean my hands before I get this food and then eat it on the subway. Um, Yeah. And there was nothing really. There was something. They had some wipes, but they were like for like cleaning uh, a counter. They weren't for like wiping your hands with them. Um, Yeah. So I I was like, I'm really worried about that. (laughs) There's. So those are the things. I think, I... Yeah, I mean, the fear around a buffet line right now is mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't even know why they're doing them. They <laughs> those should just be canceled until the coronavirus is no longer existing. Yeah, no more buffets. Yeah, that was definitely an error in my uh, in judgment. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons, because it's How not like that food is. Nice. I feel fine. <laughs> Okay, it was cool. good that I ate. I actually got Brussels sprouts. Those are probably fine um, because who yeah. eats healthy at one of those things? Um, <laughs> so I'm not but, sick. Okay. But. Yeah. So, okay, where would this web start? Because we, we, you could talk forever about 
a buffet line mm-hmm. and the in this day and age right now mm-hmm. um and why it's not appropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. but or talk about how confident you are in your immune system that <laughs> you are willing to take that risk you don't give a fuck you are like <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's a good direction. Confident in, um, my immune system. Um, which, confident, then thinking, like, confident, I don't know if you web out like this. Do you web out from, like, eating at a buffet, uh, and just, like, do that a bunch, or do you web out from other things, too, like, um, like, because then you say confident in, in my immune system also makes me think, like, how... Uh, not confident I am otherwise in my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's, um, that, that could be off of that. Definitely. Cause it's like, how come, how come I can, uh, I am so confident that I ate at a buffet dur- when I know there are cases of coronavirus <laughs> in New York in city. city. Yeah. But I can't ask someone without hesitation to not lean on a ATM that I need to borrow <laughs> yeah, or that right, I need right, right. to uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Also, like, I have, I lack the confidence. It's like, I'm, there's obviously, I'm obviously having a, like a confidence issue if I'm eating at a buffet. <laughs> Just to begin with, I already don't have much confidence in myself. So <laughs> okay, to then fine. also have confidence in my immune system <laughs> says something about me. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Okay. So you have the main thing is buffet during the coronavirus. Mm-hmm, then you have mm-hmm. your confidence is an offshoot. And then an offshoot of the confidence is the, you lack confidence in everything else. But for some reason you're like, I'm definitely not going to get coronavirus <laughs> from this buffet, <laughs> especially if it's Brussels sprouts because no one eats that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then the other offshoot of the buffet thing uh, is like you did look for hand washing stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny that you were more worried about your hands being washed than just people having had right. coughed or sneezed right. near the buffet. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to clean my hands. Uh, <laughs> so you don't even have confidence in your hands being clean, but you trust that... <laughs> that no one sneezed on this food. Yeah. That no one sneezed on that food. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. So that could be a... <laughs> A thing like the mm-hmm, hand mm-hmm. thing, and so that's basically yeah. how you find all the different angles that you can go in. Yeah, and then yeah. whatever you feel like, like from there, do you then talk to someone and say like what hits the hardest or what seems the most relatable? Yeah, or I'll try to find an order. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so I need to present. I need to say what I'm about to talk about, so that the next five minutes when I'm talking about all these things i've set them up correctly Mm -hmm. so saying maybe your setup would be food open food buffets should be completely closed down until the coronavirus is over (laughs) yeah um maybe that's but if that's not your angle Mm -hmm. um if that's not what you want to talk about you would maybe start with uh I I don't have I don't have confidence in many things, but the one thing I do have confidence in is my immune system. <laughs> I'm not going to get the coronavirus. Like I mean, maybe you mm-hmm. just start with I don't think I'm going to get the coronavirus because I ate at a buffet today and I feel fine, you know. <laughs> and then I mean that could set up. I guess it just depends on yeah where you want to go with it. Are you going to yeah. talk about? what is appropriate during this time or you personally, how you are affected by this at uh, really how you're not affected by this at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, there it is. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Camille. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This was fun. And thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that and got something out of it. Camille is headlining Bonkers Comedy Club in April. That is still on, but you can check out her website, CamilleTheobald.com, to keep up with her show date. She's also doing a show at a festival in May that's going to be in Oak City, North Carolina. Follow her on at Cam L. Theo on Twitter and at Camille Comedy on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And you can follow me on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks and on Twitch at Jason Farr Twitches. We have a comedy lifestyle newsletter offering tips and tidbits to help you create and live life as a comedian. So check that out. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 